Welcome to the Iceland Travel Podcast. I'm your Icelandic beer-loving host, Skuli Arason. In this podcast, we learn about Iceland from people who help us transport our minds to Iceland. Brewmaster Sigurdur Bragi Olafsson from the Kalte Breweries visited me the other day and we dove into their beer, the amazing Kalte Beer Baths, beer culture and the northern region of Eyjafjörður, where Kalte is located. This definitely makes me kind of thirsty all of a sudden. On our excellent homepage, icelandtravel.is, there are many informational blogs, articles about Iceland and many aspects of the country. There are multiple tours that cover the northern region, as well as various spas and natural baths around the land. So check out icelandtravel.is for more. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube as well. Stay up to date by clicking those like and subscription buttons and get all the Iceland content and inspiration we have online. Hello, Ziggy. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, I'm good because my mind is set on one thing today and that's beer. I love beer and I hope many of you listeners do as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Icelandic water is, as we know, very fresh, clean. It comes filtered through the lava for thousands of years. And it's something that you shouldn't buy in a bottle in the shops. No, that's true. Uh, is it good for beer brewing? Yeah, I would say so. I think, uh, <clears throat> of course, the water is different in different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. You can have soft water or hard water, like high in minerals and stuff like that. It's really like, uh, it varies a lot. But for example, where we're making our beer at Kalti Brewery, <clears throat> we get our water from Krossafjall. And the water is really low in minerals and has like the perfect pH. The pH is about 7.2 to 7.4. So it's like almost neutral on the pH scale. Mm. And what that does, it lets the raw materials really shine through. So the water is not like to making too much of a mark on the final product so mm. i would say it's perfect like perfectly clean for for making our beers at least excellent yeah. i mean and uh, you basically have like you just use the water that's from the local uh, what's it called like uh, water fountains or something <clears throat> yeah, yeah yeah it's the same water as we get from the tap at our homes that we use for the making the beer mm. and um, the water comes from a reservoir in Krossafjall. yeah and it's just, I th like in my opinion, even though I love beer and I love our beer, I would say our water is the best drink in the world and the beer comes second. <laughs> I mean, I was there the other day. It was lovely and exactly, I looked over at Korsafjall, which is a beautiful, it's on the eastern side of the, no, western side of the, of the, of the Eyjafjörður. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And, and, and it's just next door. It is, it yeah. is. It's basically just across from the brewery. So if you talk about it, it's, it's locally sourced. Locally it is sourced, locally sourced, sourced yeah. water. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And the and, and you have used this from the beginning of Kalti breweries. I mean, yeah. this is one I think because now we have the culture of beer, you know, it's been it's been booming. Yeah. Definitely. And the culture of beer in Iceland, of course, since we made it legal in 1989. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, we're kind of crazy. <laughs> definitely. I mean, the prohibition lasted from, I think, 1915 till 1989. Yeah. 
like right right away in, on first of March 1989, there were like two big like mass producing breweries that opened up in Iceland. Mm. One in the north in Akureyri and one here in the south. Yeah. And one of them is like Coca Cola Company, and the other one is uh, basically you know uh, you know a Pepsi Cola Company. <laughs> <laughs> so it stayed like that. Just uh, the beer the beer market and the um, I would say the beer culture stayed pretty pretty stale. Nothing new happening, and the quality was not I think in first place. Oh. It was more about quantity. Mm. <clears throat> so in two thousand and six, when we opened up Kalti, we tried to make it like the other way around. Think about quality, not quantity. Mm-hmm. And we always wanted to source the best uh, raw materials we could use. And uh, that resulted in us like buying everything, uh, like the malted barley and, and the hops from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And of course, after we opened up, many other microbreweries opened up because we were the first microbrewery in 2006. So I think today we have probably somewhere around 25 to 27 breweries around the country. Yeah. So the culture has like, changed a lot and... People are like wanting more and more to to drink quality beer, and there's a big market for it right now. There is, I mean, because I think in my mind this is like there weren't anyone doing this before you guys, uh, this small scale uh, quality kind of beers, right? Uh, no, there was not, not. There was nothing like that before we opened up. And now everything has changed you know this is i mean in the course of probably i would say maybe more modern iceland or whatever mm-hmm. yeah it's so different because you could only uh in our younger days we could only have a lager <laughs> yeah you know, definitely it was a lager <laughs> it was the pills you know it was just the the standard straight beer and then maybe imported guinness here yeah. and there yeah but now it's so lovely that you have because of this changed culture and of course, this is a Western thing. I mean, yeah. it's the same happening in Europe and in the States. Definitely. That now you can buy the IPAs and everything on most taps. Yeah, yeah. It's such a lovely life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really good uh, <clears throat> good evolution of uh, the beer culture, the way it's been for the past 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And of course, the culture overall, like after, like before the prohibition was uh, ended, people were not drinking as, uh, I think, as healthy as they do today. Like it was just homemade vodka and every other garage in, in the country. So <laughs> the drinking culture then was pretty strange, I would, I would say. Yeah, it was very aggressive. I yeah. mean, we have this, we of course have this Icelandic tradition of how we drink. It's yeah. like, it's balls out, you know, it's a Friday night or a Saturday <laughs> night. Usually not both because you couldn't even manage the power to no. make it through two days of that crazy stuff. Definitely. And I always love people telling me about, you know, the way that they used to go around the beer and it's, it's such such a nasty way of drinking beer. It's just having <laughs> uh, uh, alcohol-free beer or yeah, a pilsner, yeah. which is like two percent at max, and then pouring vodka or home-brewed uh, moonshine, yeah. which we call lante, a countryman. That's the Icelandic <laughs> word for that. Into the and and I've tasted it. It's not nice at all. No, it sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, dude, yeah, it's 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 bad. But yeah. we're lucky that we grew up in a world with beer, so yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's very Definitely. good. After I reached the drinking age, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's great. And 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 you already you started doing you know different types of beer, not just yeah. the the lager type. Like our foundation is built around the like high quality Czech pilsner style, mm-hmm. not what you would know here like before Kalti, like which is, I would say more like the American version of of a lager beer, like pretty, like, 
the quality is not number one and you're not supposed to taste a lot of like the flavor of the beer yeah but when you make a quality lager it's a really hard beer to make probably harder to make than than ipas and ales and stuff like that because mm-hmm. with pilsners you have nowhere to hide yeah because it's suppo- supposed to be like a clean fresh crisp kind of beer mm-hmm. so you have to keep everything like um, all details have to be met like really perfectly yeah in making the beer so that's basically our foundation, the first beer that we brought to the market, Kalti, just mm. uh, yeah, Kalti Blonde. <clears throat> and that's always been number one or number two, the best-selling bottle beer in the country, because we used to only sell our beers in bottles and on draft. And this is in 2006, when we opened the brewery, September of 2006. <gasps> and my parents are the founders of the brewery. My mom, she's the, uh, she's the idea maker. Yeah. And my father, he's kind of the reason behind the brewery opening up. Mm-hmm. Not because he loved beer, no? Like both of them didn't know how to appreciate beer when they opened the brewery <laughs> and didn't know how to make beer either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother, Agnes, she's uh, born and raised in our village, Auskosandur, yeah. which is a, approximately 100 people fishermen's village. Mm. And she worked in the fishing industry all of her life up until the brewery opening up. <gasps> and that's basically the only occupation you could have in Auskosandur at the time, working in the fishing factories or on the fishing boats. Mm. Uh, my father, Olavur, he moved to Auskosandur when he was 16, when he met my mom. Mm-hmm. And he's origi- originally from uh, Grindavik, here in the south of Iceland. And he started working as a fisherman at the age of 13. And so he fell really well into place when he moved to Auskosandur. He just got a job on a boat. And and yeah, eventually he bought his own boat and was a captain on his own ship. Mm-hmm. And they just had a pretty good thing going, had four kids and everybody was healthy and good. Mm-hmm. But then it happened in the spring of 2003 that my father, he fell really badly on board his boat yeah. and ruined his left knee. And of course, you have to have good feet underneath you while working at sea. True. So his uh, job was basically finished at that time. And they didn't want to move away to a bigger town to find him a job opportunity. They wanted to stay in Oskosandur. So for two years, they tried to come up with some new ideas, something new to do in our village. But nothing quite seemed to work out. My my dad even went back to college to study business. But, okay. But something just wasn't clicking. But then in the spring of 2005, my mother was watching Roof, our like national TV mm-hmm. network. And there was a story on the news about the growing popularities of microbreweries around around Europe. Mm-hmm. And the story was uh, like the there was an interview done with the owner and brewmaster of a Danish microbrewery. And something just really clicked in my mom's mind. Like, wow, that's, that's our answer. We have to open up a microbrewery because there was no, were no such things here in, in Iceland before. I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so she somehow convinced my father and her father too to look into the idea because it sounded quite crazy at the time. Mm-hmm. And especially trying to open up a microbrewery in Auskosandur, like in the middle of nowhere, basically. Yeah, it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It takes about like 15 minutes from Akure to drive there. Yeah, about yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Even, yeah. yeah. So uh, <clears throat> she talked to like uh, her, her family and discussed the idea. Mm. And somehow she convinced my father to go go with her to Denmark to visit that brewery she saw on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the first trip to Denmark. Yeah, It's very ever. direct, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's a very direct person. Like. <laughs> yeah. If she's gonna do something, she w- she will do it, and she will it's do it in the most easy and direct way as possible. Very focused. I like this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> so they went to Denmark and spoke to that guy they saw on TV. Yeah. And at first, because they didn't, they didn't speak English, that was also a big factor of making th- things more difficult for them. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. he spoke Danish fluently, no. like we all do in yeah. Iceland. <laughs> well, not that good. But somehow they managed to like speak to the man. But yeah. at first he thought they were like one of the Icelandic... Um, yeah, it was like bank crazy bankers. Yeah, and they were trying to buy the brewery from that guy, <laughs> so he was not happy at all having having them there. Yeah, but then uh, they managed to t- tell him that they wanted to open up a microbrewery in Iceland, mm-hmm. and he gave them a lot of good advice. Okay, and that trip led them to think uh, what kind of beer style would suit for them and for the Icelandic market. Yeah, and that led them to look into the Czech Czech Republic Pilsner. Yeah. And yeah, they decided that was the way to go. So now they needed to go to the Czech Republic. <clears throat> yeah, where everyone speaks English. <laughs> yeah, basically they nobody speak speaks English it. well there, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think it wasn't yeah. the same way like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, okay. But okay, uh, <laughs> they were thinking, how can, we, how can we go to the Czech Republic and speak to people and get to know somebody there? Mm-hmm. So they... They looked up who was the Icelandic ambassador in Czech Republic. This is so great. <laughs> yeah. And his name is uh, or was at the time Thorir Olafsson, yeah. I think. And they got in contact with him and they went to meet him in, in Prague. And he scheduled a few tours with them to help them with the idea to check out some like uh, restaurant breweries and microbreweries and meeting some people in that business in Prague. Mm-hmm. And that was a crazy story as well. <laughs> so at that time, they met a guy. There was, yeah, that uh, Thorin had contacted. His name was uh, David Massa. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, like fourth, fourth or fifth generation brewmaster in his family. And they managed to get him to come to Iceland, like a few months like later, to be their, be their brewmaster and help them develop recipes. Mm-hmm. And he, he moved to us in the beginning and lived in Oskosantur for two and a half years. I mean, for a brewery, for a guy like him, that's also an adventure. Yeah, oh yeah, and he loves adventures, so he loved coming to Iceland. Yeah. And uh, so the biggest factor now was to get, like, uh, to finance the project, get money from the banks to start the business. Of course. And most of the banks just laughed off the idea, you know, it was... But they had money at the time. This is 2005-06, right? Yeah, but at the time, if they, like, would say we're going to do this in Akureyri or Reykjavik, that would be a good idea. Oh, yeah. But because it's in Oskosandir, they were not really interested. But in the end, they managed to get finance for the company. Mm. We built the house and opened officially in September of 2006. So it took just about, just over a year for the idea to come up until we had opened the brewery mm-hmm. so for the first one and a half years in the company the first whole year in business we made about 150,000 liters for that whole year 2007 then and there were three employees like on the, on the payroll my parents and the brewmaster and of course my grandparents and me and my brothers and sister we helped out just working for free and I was too young to get beers <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the legal aids, everyone. You listen up, it's uh, 20. Yeah. You don't even try to buy alcoholic drinks here without being 20. So keep that in mind, you 19-year-olds <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, three people on the, pay- on the payroll and 150,000 liters per year. But for the, la- for, the na- uh, sorry, for the last four or five years, 
not including the COVID years because that's a bit different. Yes. We've been producing about 700 to 750,000 liters per year. Mm -hmm. And we're about 14 people working in the factory. All but two live in Oskosantur. So that makes us an employer of over 10% of our village. That's is excellent. Yeah. So that's, that's always been a big factor for my parents and us yeah. to try to hire locally to build more jobs for our area. Mm -hmm. And... Like I said, it's, it is a family business. My mom, she's the CEO, and my father is there as well. I'm the brewmaster, and my younger brother works there, and my sister, she works, her, works with us during the like vacations, during summer, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just been a pretty it's, fun it, experience. It's, it's been a, like uh, outwardly. I mean, I remember the time uh, in, when you guys opened... And I guess I'm responsible for a lot of those leaders you already mentioned <laughs> throughout the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we were just, you know, we, uh, I mean, the beer-loving public here in Iceland, we were just so happy having you guys because it was such a delicious addition to what, what was on offer. I mean, I'm not dissing any of the of the places, but, but it's such a uh, rich, authentic beer. And especially because... Like you say, when you have the Czech-style Pilsner, you can really taste what you like and you don't like there. Mm, yeah. And I remember, I, for example, I was in the Czech Republic a lot, uh, traveling, and went to Putjovice, which is kind of uh -huh. like the birthplace of everything, I guess, in those in these matters. But the Czech yeah. Republic, all of it is just a lovely beer <laughs> country yeah, to yeah, be yeah. in. And you, you really get a quick sense of, you know, when you like a Pilsner or not, yeah. and... And the the classic Kalte, because you have so many types, of yeah. course, you know, it's just always excellent. And if you guys are here, you know, try it out. Try a, a Kalte Pilsner, because that's the authentic one. Mm -hmm. That's Thank the you. real one. It's like the Coca-Cola of the modern Icelandic beers. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but... Um, and I remember... And then I remember, because a friend of mine, he's from Akureyri, and he told me that uh, when I was there, I had to visit, visit your trips. Mm -hmm. That's something you started quite early, right? Yeah, the brewery yeah. visits. Yeah. I think the first one was just almost immediately in 2006 when we were still like installing everything. We hadn't yeah. even gotten the beer ready yet. So yeah, so, yeah I, I think uh, for the past five years or so, we've been greeting between twelve to 15,000 people per year. Mm -hmm. And we don't even advertise this stuff i think the brewery tours are just something that's been like word of mouth yeah that's my that that was the year that yeah. i received you know yeah exactly yeah. and i mean have you ever been to one of these like commercial brewery tours when you like walk Actually, around like forever? i lived in copenhagen yeah. i lived in copenhagen i never went to the for example the carlsberg breweries i no. know people do that and i haven't done that i've no. only visited smaller breweries for some reason and well in the czech republic i actually visited like Budjovice. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I was in Budjovice, that's the birthplace of Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the, so they made the Budwar there, and it was a very, it was a very short one. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't in depth or anything. <clears throat> but. Uh, For example, if you go to the Guinness Brewery in, in Edna, in Dublin. Yeah. I've been there twice. I think it's more f as an exercise and less for the beer because. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how many stories high the building. Mm -hmm. And you go through all the tour, like one and a half hour yeah. and you get one small pint of Guinness at the end. It's, it's like torture. <laughs> it's like torture. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so, but, but the experience is fun. But yeah. what we do, we just try to keep it as personal and, uh, 
and authentic as possible. Like anybody could be the tour the tour guide when you visit. It could be me, could be my mom, my yeah. sister, anybody at uh, anybody in the staff. I definitely had you. Uh, if yeah, my you memory came. serves right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like people, we we want people to try as many of our uh, as many of our beers as possible, even if they want to have like just two sips of each or a mm-hmm. like full glass of each. Yeah. We don't count the number of beers that people want to try, and that's mm-hmm. just. If people want to have fun and drink like six or seven beers, go yeah. nuts. And so that's that's I think uh, a fun factor for the tour. And I have a souvenir. Yeah, I the, have glass. the glass. Yeah, that's also included in the tour. So yeah, yeah. A, a glass for every every person that visits. And one thing that's so interesting. I mean, we're talking about beer as beer lovers, right? Yeah. And. Because you have you have like different types of enjoying beer. You, you, yeah. I mean, there's the canned beer, there's the bottled beer, there's the you know draft, draft beer and all that, and and then you have straight from the oh, origin yeah, yeah. <laughs> beer. Yeah. And that's because this is like this. This is the gradual step of enjoyment. You know, <laughs> the <Yeah>. can is <laughs> lovely. It's great. The the bottled beer. Oh, it's so nice. Also, without maybe the. Uh, the mental image of aluminium, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's maybe maybe a mental thing. I don't know. Then you have the draft, which kind of to me, in in my mind, it's often more salty and even more fresh and alive. Sometimes yeah, yeah. that's my that's my my mind. And then you have the ones that you guys have, where you just drink straight from the uh, straight contain- from the fermenters from yeah. the vessels, yeah. Just from a, from a hose going into your uh, cavity glass. And That's it's just instant heaven. Yeah. I mean, uh, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I just love beer so much. Excuse, excuse me, all you alcoholics out there. It's just, you know. <laughs> I think that's a pretty big it's experience for It's a yeah. taste thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a like, really fun experience for all people that uh, that come to the brewery. Yeah. To get beer straight from, from the fermenters, you know, as fresh as possible. And that's, yeah, that's, you can't get beer more fresh than that. No, no, it's, it's excellent. And... Of course, this this could be done in conjunction with other things when you're there. Yeah. Like we haven't, of course, talked about the beer baths yet, mm-hmm. which we will. But uh, for example, I know that uh, in Eyjafjörður there are many things to do in general. Yeah. And next to you guys, it's very easy to see whales. Yeah, in Höganes, just uh, next door, it's the next village, uh, next to Oskarsandir. Yeah. Uh, they have, I think, yeah, they have the oldest whale watching company in in Iceland, mm-hmm. and I think. Like they they always see whales. I don't think they've like for the for the past I think, five six years there have been so many humpback whales in Eyjafjörður. Yeah, and they are also located at such a good place in the fjord because yeah. they're kind of in the middle. So yeah. it's a lot easier for them to track a whale than if you have to go all the way from Akureyri. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they also have a great restaurant and a business there called Ektafiskur and Bakalobar. Yeah, and they have the outside hot tubs there and the and the. Um, it's basically a beach mm-hmm. that you can walk gradually in sand all the way like into the ocean. Yeah. If you like uh, sea swimming. That's what we love. Yeah. Yeah. It's great fun and really really nice area that they have that they have there. Yeah. Because I I, I had a I had a mental image you know of a thing to do even without you know being in Akureyri, you could for example just see the whales mm-hmm. and go to 
to go to a brewery uh, tour and then end up pampering yourself in a, in a beer bath. So, yeah. yeah. Like during the summers, uh, when you're in the outside hot tub area at the beer spa that we have there, mm -hmm. you often get just free whale watchings because you see the whales just in the, in the ocean mm. like next to you, basically. Yeah, because you have these outdoors areas mm -hmm. where, where you have these uh, tall style uh, hot tubs. Yeah. And you both see the mountain where the water comes from, then mm -hmm. in the beer that you're drinking, and you see the whales at the same time. Yeah, it's a it's a landlocked uh, whale watching experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, we also have a Riese, which is a really beautiful place to visit, yeah. and that's just a 15 minute ferry ride from Oskosandur. Mm -hmm. And that's a great it's place to visit. It's an island in too. the middle of the fjords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. It's actually one of the bigger islands, right? Or it is quite big. I yeah. think they are only like our populated, or the, the populated area is just like, I don't know, 1% of the island or something. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's really like a small area that's... that's uh, the small village there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the island is, itself is quite big. It's, it's, uh, I, I know that I'm going camping there next summer. Yeah? Yeah. You'll enjoy it. It's on my plan. Yeah, yeah. I will visit you guys <laughs> when I'm there. Please too. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, the beer baths. That's yeah. the newest thing that you're doing because, you, I mean, it sounds kind of crazy because <clears throat> Iceland is a land of spas, right? Mm -hmm. And we have, we have all kinds of spas. I was talking about to someone, yeah, the guys from Crema, that now... You you have two things you can do, at like 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 a, a going around the country kind of thing, mm -hmm. and you can check your boxes. You can check your microbrewery boxes, yeah, because you can drive maybe half an hour to an hour usually yeah. between microbreweries around Iceland. That's because great. There's so many. They're all over the place. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You know, at week you have them in in Borkafjörður with yeah, you guys. Yeah, it's not all in Reykjavik or yeah. the bigger area. It's yeah. all around the country. And Husavik, there's the Wailoat, you know. So that's a thing you can you can almost like have a themed trip. Yeah. And you can have a themed trip to visit the beer pass, which is of course the only one <laughs> in <Yeah>. the country. <laughs> but you can do it both with the with the spas mm -hmm. and the microbreweries. Yeah, definitely. Because you have the all these spas that are kind of different as well. Yeah. Like uh, the GOC thing in Husavik yeah. and yeah. the work paths in Eilstad in East Iceland, yeah. etc. And uh, definitely, I would say the beer passes, of course, stands out yeah. <laughs> being different. I mean, it's a, it's a different thing. I tried it the other day, yeah. felt very refreshed and okay. very uh, clean and very... Uh, my skin felt great. That's good to hear. That's yeah, what we I want mean, to hear. Yeah, I mean, beer pass, what, what was it? what's the history be behind the beer pass with you guys? Yeah, I'll explain. <clears throat> so, because uh, the relationship with... Our brewery and the Czech Republic. My parents went to the Czech Republic uh, a few times after they went first time in 2005. And they went, uh, I think in 2007 or 8, they went with our first brewmaster, David Massa. Mm -hmm. And he took them on like a tour around his uh, area, like Prague and the outskirts of Prague. Mm. And the one thing they tried with him was uh, a beer spa. And that's like a really old like a cultural thing in the Czech Republic. Yeah. A beer spa where you just basically bathe in water, young beer, hops, and brewer's yeast. Mm -hmm. and not red, it's not like beer that's ready to, for drinking. No, no, no. We want it like uh, young or like maximum like half the way through fermented because when it's finished fermenting, mm -hmm. you lose a lot of the healthy compounds that the beer has to offer. It's oh. like eaten up during the fermentation and yeah. turns into alcohol and, and flavor compounds. Okay. So... My parents, they went with David Massa to uh, a beer spa in Prague and mm -hmm. they didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. 
and my mom's hair and her skin and her nails were also just like ridiculously refreshed, revitalized and and soft and smooth after the bath. Mm -hmm. And she just couldn't stop thinking about it, thinking about it the, me the many, many years after they went there. Yeah. And it was always like an idea in her mind. I want to do this thing here in Iceland too. So again, she's the idea person. But it sounded like a pretty, like a more far-fetched idea to make come true. But yeah. I always know that when my mom has an idea that's really sticking in her head, it's gonna it's gonna work out. Yeah, eventually. I mean she's very focused. We talked about focused. it. We talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know who we're dealing with here. <laughs> so, um, and the area where the beer spa is, you know, where where it's located, mm -hmm. there used to be an old farmhouse there that was pretty much ruined, and it's a big property of land and. Uh, in my opinion, the best like uh, setting in the town. The, the setting village. is great. It's just nice, like there's a great walking area there. Mm -hmm. there yeah. It's just basically like leaning into the sea. Yeah. And and you're kind of caressed by the mountain on the other side. Yeah, you yeah, have like a 360 view of just everything. Pure awesome yeah. nature. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I bought that old farmhouse, and I was gonna build my own house there in the future uh, yeah. on that area. Mm. But then I think in 2015. Yeah. So. My my wife Ragnheiður, yeah. we were having having a beer or something with my parents and we just started talking about this beer spa idea. Mm -hmm. And we started thinking about that, that area where our old farm, farmhouse was. Yeah. And we just started to imagine like how cool it would be to have the beer spa so close to the brewery, but so, still so remote and, and on this cool location. Yeah. And we just all kind of locked on to this idea. Like, yeah. let's, let's try it. Let's try to make it work. And there was no turning back from then. So it was basically <laughs> me and my wife, Ragnheiður. She's also the uh, manager of the beer spa. Mm -hmm. I visited and her the other day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my parents, Agnes and Olavur. And then, of course, we in this project, we had to get a few more investors to work with us on this idea. Mm -hmm. Because like the brewery, the banks didn't have a lot of uh, like faith in this kind of... We're still not keen on helping the villages. No, definitely. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the, like, the point here. But we got pretty good people working with us on this uh, project. For example, one of the shareholders with us is Aron Einar Gunnarsson, our Icelandic football captain. Oh my! Yeah. The man! The man! <laughs> and a lot of other great people and a few relatives of ours that have also helped us in the brewery at, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we managed to build this project and build the house and set everything up in, in less than a year. We started in September of 2016 and we opened on the 1st of June 2017. Fast. So really fast, really yeah. fast, and the style of the building itself, we try, we kind of did all the like architect type, like the look of it. We mm -hmm. did that just, yeah. We didn't hire any anybody to do all these ideas with us. We just kind of went with the flow and with our ideas that we had, mm -hmm. and we're really happy with the outcome of the building. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's black. Mm -hmm. It's really clean and it's non-obtrusive, so yeah. to speak, in the area. Yeah, but it has like a. It maybe mirrors some of these older wooden houses that we have in Iceland, for example, uh, in the village of Eirabaki, where there are lots yeah. of wood houses, like there's a house called Húsið. Yeah. I was thinking about that. And also because it's black, and uh, that kind of put the focus on nature, because yeah. you're looking at black stuff, but mostly the nature is the thing that stands out when you're inside, for example. Definitely. I agree on that. Yeah. So uh, the, first, the first year that we opened, 2017, uh, Everything just kind of uh, blew up, you know, like mm -hmm. 
the word of mouth about this project had gotten so big mm -hmm. and we got a lot of big like news outlets both from Iceland and from abroad yeah came to do like videos and market stuff and something like that and uh, and then in 2018 our first whole year in business it yeah. was just incredible mm -hmm. and we got the people from um, travel insider a part of the business insider project uh, yeah. no, the company mm -hmm. and they did a video like it was basically free advertisement of course and yeah. the i think the video just Got, probably got the most views ever for an Icelandic uh, like video on these kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, it's such a strange thing that yeah. we want to know more about yeah. it. <laughs> so, with the beer spa, we've been able to create about approximately, during summertime, like 18 jobs. Yeah. Maybe about half less during the winter, winter time. But that's also just a great thing to be able to create even more jobs in this area. And mm -hmm. again, we try to hire as much locally as we can. Of course, COVID has had a big, big factor in things for I the mean, past the one and a half year. world. We all know it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just been... It's been... What's the expression? It's been a disaster. Yeah. It's really, it's really, It's really sad, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's... Because we so much would like to keep things open for the Icelandic people. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think be before COVID, it was approximately like 50 50 Icelandic people and and tourists yeah which is a healthy combination it was say. a great combination we yeah. loved that so now we like mostly get or only get Icelandic people to visit yeah, I mean you guys aren't here at the moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we miss you guys <laughs> <laughs> but we hopefully things will just uh, improve COVID wise in the next few weeks and months we know it I mean I think um, people are talking about this is recorded in April of 2021 yeah. And I think, I mean, everything is changing in the next ones, but we never know. That's the thing now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's let's say uh, August. Yeah, yeah. Everything is fine. That sounds good. Then people can have have the have next winter just to kind of gradually get back into yeah. shape and then look forward to next summer. We're like beer, bears uh, crawling out of hibernation. I was thinking yeah. one thing. What happens in the beer path? How is the process? I, I show up maybe yeah. after having the beer tour of course yeah yeah uh, maybe i'm hungry i can eat something there before i go to the beer bus yeah we have a restaurant there and we try to keep the uh, the menu both semi-traditional -tra icelandic and also just a variety although like uh, we're not high high class fine mm -hmm. dining it's we're like not... a bistro thing yeah yeah that. it's like a bistro thing and we have just high quality food our chefs are are just amazing at what they do mm -hmm. and uh, of course we have a lot of our beers like on draft available and oh on my, bottle. I, I can't. We're drinking coffee, people, and it, it seems wrong to me. <laughs> yeah, I should have brought beers. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the restaurant is just uh, a great place to visit. And like, if I were doing the. If I were going like to enjoy the, the beer and the beer spa and the dining, I would start my trip to go to a, the brewery tour. Yeah. Take one hour there and just mm. get some beers in the system oh <laughs> my kidding. lord then i would go to the to the beer spa take yeah. the outside hot tubs first mm -hmm. enjoy that and the saunas we have two two saunas that are good to enjoy mm -hmm. then i would go to the beer bath mm. and th that's the same combination as we learned about in the czech republic yeah our geothermal water young beer mm -hmm. brewer's yeast hops and then we also add what like a cos not cosmetics like soaps and yeah, uh, yeah. oils made yeah. from beer and yeast and cool. hops, yeah, just to get an extra bit of like good aroma and mm -hmm. so, and uh, yeah, good smell. It has like a, 
It has like a, a lightish yellow brown color. Yeah. You know, like a, like a like a like a, a rough beer, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember because you have these things when you're at the spas mm -hmm. sometimes. And for example, the oils and everything, you could really feel it because you're sitting there. There's, it's all foaming. Yeah. You know, it has a beautiful foam, very Insta friendly. Yeah. <laughs> no genitalia, people. <laughs> and you're naked in them. Yeah, we we recommend that. Like even if you're going alone or with, okay, yeah. maybe a close friend or this, like this a is couple, a private like experience. That's the yeah. thing. It's like one tub, in a room. Yeah. And you have your bathrobe, and. You, and then the creme de la creme of the whole experience is just sitting next to you. Yeah. It's your own personal draft. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's your own personal beer draft <laughs> with a glass. So you can enjoy the beer while sitting in it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's... Afterwards, then you go up to the relaxation area. Yeah. Where you just, uh, you send out for half an hour, just enjoy, like, the main goal is just for people to basically fall asleep. Yeah. And when you wake up and the experience is like nearing its end, mm -hmm. you'll feel so refreshed and just re rehibernated. Yeah, rehibernated. It's uh, it's like uh, emerging mentally from a COVID season yeah. into the spring, just like uh, calves being released in uh, spring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fresh, ready for the summer, ready for full on enjoyment. And it's probably a good idea just to take it easy for the rest of the day and and, yeah, yeah. and be like a, a, a unexploded tube of dynamite the next day. Definitely. Just ready to go for your Icelandic adventures <laughs> in the north. Yeah. And of course, it's just one of those things that really emphasize the things that the north is a place to visit in general. I mean, yeah. because it has so much to offer. There's a lot going on in the north. Yeah. And of course, not lots of new things. One thing that's very, really interesting, we talk about the Northern Lights, for example. Yeah. And that's something you can enjoy, well, just sitting in your hot tubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, when you're in the South, and I noticed this last night, uh, there's still Northern Lights now in April going on. You always have to look North. Because yeah. they're north of the south, people. <laughs> you don't look uh, south to see the Northern Lights. They, they happen on basically over North Iceland, so to speak. And of course they go further on south, but they can often be uh, more powerful in the north yeah. and the south. And also because of light pollution. Yeah, yeah. For example, the light pollution at Orskosantur and with you guys is nothing near the same as we have here in Reykjavik. Very low, very low. Yeah, so there are many things to enjoy there. And I think I can, having tried it, I can only recommend that people visit you guys thank you i just really hope that people come and visit us whenever it's possible and i'll i'll be there to greet them oh my i'm looking forward to it i have to <laughs> or i'll order when i'll go north next i'll visit you guys because yeah, yeah. I can't sounds wait. good <laughs> thank you so much Sigi. thank you schooly have a beautiful day you too thank thanks you.